0: You've seen the big plays. Darren stepping to his right, looking, looking, stopping, firing, end zone, touchdown!
1: You've heard what the playmakers and coaches have had to say. Up for a three, got it! But now it's time to go behind the mic with BYU Sports Broadcasters to get their distinctive take on the games. Oh, what an aggressive
0: play! This is Behind the Mic with host Cleon Wall. We're here to bring you unique insights and stories from the BYU Sports Broadcasters who cover the Cougars, and from the Cougars themselves. St. Mary's is well-respected in college basketball, but they aren't the WCC powerhouse known as Gonzaga. That being said, the Gales are the number one team in the conference right now and are ranked 22nd in the nation. This is the team BYU will face Saturday night at the Marriott Center for the final time as West Coast Conference members. And it couldn't come at a worse time. BYU is in a BYU funk. and for the first time this year, the Cougars lose a wire-to-wire game. Never led, USF eighty-two, BYU seventy-four. Our head coach Mark Pope is blaming himself for this slump. You know, our our, our game plan and our preparation,
1: and and uh, man, what a just a miserable night. So, um, that that is, you know, that's not our guys. We got really good players, and we have. Um, and, and 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 these guys compete and they want to get better and they want to win but we've taken a major major step back and that's a hundred percent me and you know i got to get my act together and find out uh, some answers because it, that just is we should never have a performance like that ever ever hmm. ever 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 we should never have a performance like that super disappointing Oh, backdoor cut coonan finds Ty- tyrell roberts all by himself flashing to the hoop in the reverse lay-in Makes it an eight-point game, and so that's just it's just super disappointing. And and um, like I said, we got terrific guys, and they're terrific basketball players. Right now, our coach stinks, and so um, I got to fix that.
0: He told his club that together they would learn the price of winning, and that's not easy, especially since BYU has lost three out of their last four games. Former Cougar guard and analyst Tyler Haas said it's a tough time for the
2: current team of Cougs. Um, it's one of those moments in the season where. Um you really have to look deep inside you and you know, figure out are, are we gonna fight? Or are we just gonna fold and uh and and give in to adversity and some some difficulty? Um, you know, I think the most disheartening thing and disappointing thing from the last two games is just the fight that we saw in competitiveness that we saw from, from this team. I don't know. Sometimes even, you know, in a loss against Gonzaga, you know, it can give you a false sense of who you are and a false sense of security. Um, you know, I, I felt that at times in, in my career, even, even overseas in, in Europe, like you play against a really good team and you know the top team in your league and no matter what kind of season you're having like if you if you take that team down to the wire I mean obviously if you win it gives you a boost of confidence but even if you know you have chances to win you feel like you should have won like it can give you a false sense of who you are and maybe that's what happened to this group you know they they felt like they should have deserved to win that that Gonzaga game and it felt like they were way better than than they were and you know you have to hit the reset button every single game no matter who you're playing against cuz guys are gunning for you you know people BYU has a target on their chest and um they're they're gunning for you and that that's exactly what happened i mean santa clara had three guys right around 20 points, um, got off to a, a huge start, you know, BYU got punched in the mouth and the same thing happened in the, in the San Francisco game. Um, you, you can't just walk into a gym and and expect that the ball is going to go in the hoop and everything's going to be fine. Like you have to bring a fire and an intensity and a fight to every single game and i think that was like that was the most disappointing thing is just the the fight that uh that was lacking and you know you're waiting for guys to step up and be like come on like we we got to i don't i don't know it just seemed like everyone was okay with what happened
0: meanwhile saint mary's has been rocking and rolling the gales lost three straight games in late november and early December. Since then, they've only lost once. St. Mary's play-by-play announcer Alex Jensen said the turnaround has been remarkable.
1: Well, I think a lot of people forget that with, you know, the core of Alex Dukas and Kyle Bowen and Logan Johnson coming back, that outside of those three pieces, this team was still fairly young and inexperienced. I mean, you're starting a freshman and Aiden Mahaney. Augustus Marshallonis was a part-time player last year. Mitchell Saxon was a part-time player last year. All three of those guys, not to mention another guy in the rotation, uh, came on at St. Mary's a couple years ago as a walk-on. So all of those guys were relatively inexperienced. So outside of guys like Logan Johnson and Alex Dukas and Kyle Bowen going up against a challenging schedule like the Gales had this uh, during the non-conference, the rest of those pieces were still relatively inexperienced. So Randy Bennett, you know, said at the tip-off dinner, he said at the beginning of the year, he said, hey, we're going to get better as those guys get better. And they have. Um, there's no doubt about that. You know, starting off with six home games, and you know, going to a neutral and taking on Vanderbilt before a, it's just there, there was a, there were a few inconsistencies earlier in the year. So, I think guys are starting to settle into their roles offensively. Um, you know, and you're seeing that with you know guys like Mahaney and Sachs, and Lonis has really come on recently. So those young pieces are just more experienced now. They're used to the system. They're used to playing the college game they have risen their level of play and and in turn the gales as a team have risen their level of play
0: offensively four guys are scoring 12 points or more for this club right now who though is the guy that if you need to get a bucket in a crucial time you know who's that guy that you're going to probably see take that shot
1: man that is a great question because i mean this is really you know the prototypical kind of team right they play a team offensive game they work the ball around they legitimately do not care who scores. So, you know, I'll give you two answers and I've heard, um, you know, this said on, on BYU sports nation, on, you know, and several other places when you need a bucket, you need to go to one of your guards. It's gotta be a guard that does it for you. So, I think your 1A i I'll go a 1A and a 1B here. And your 1A is Logan Johnson. He's a fifth-year player. It's his fourth year in the program. He's, uh, you know, really playing well lately. He's very athletic, and he can get to the basket. And he's become such a good playmaker that if you, if you help off of somebody, he's going to find the open player. So Logan Johnson's my 1A. My 1B is Aid Mahaney, a true freshman. Um, and, I mean, I, you know, I, I felt like coming into the year, he was an Alex Barcelo type of player. And, I, you know, he, he has done nothing to dissuade me from that comparison as a true freshman. I mean, this kid has, has it all. And he's confident enough to take, uh, you know, that shot when you need it the most, to be the guy who takes that shot uh, when you need a bucket. Um, so my 1A is Logan Johnson. And I think Aiden Mahaney would defer to Logan Johnson if you were to ask him as well. But my 1B is, is, is Mahaney, a true freshman. And It feels crazy to say that, but, uh, you know, that's where we are
0: defense only giving up 56 points a game so far in conference is this one of Randy Bennett's better teams on defense?
1: No question. Uh the last 3 years, I think the covid year when the Gales went 14 and 10 and they had the the 4 and 6 record in WCC play, you know, yes it was a down year but There was so much instilled into this the the group that are now seniors that season. They you know they lost Alex Dukas midway through that year, who's been a double digit scorer the last couple years. They just didn't have a whole lot of offensive talent, so they had to adopt a. a, And I I asked Kyle Bowen, told me this on a post game show last year, and the team has since um, adopted it as a motto: "Gritty, not pretty." That is their team motto: "Gritty, not pretty," and everyone has bought into it. And it started in that COVID year. And they were a very good defensive team last year, and I think they've only grown uh, this year with that, um, that, the, the, that trio of seniors in Johnson, Bowen, and Dukas. I think Mitchell Saxon's a different defensive player than Matthias Toss. They both do different, thi- you know, better, uh, different things better. Um, but, yeah, I think it's their best defensive team. You have to have the personnel, obviously. Uh, and Rainy Bed had said after the Santa Clara game, I don't think we have one bad defender. Uh, But it's also a mindset, and this team, this program has adopted that mindset, and every single guy has bought in over the last three years. So those two things combined, yes, I think it's Randy Bennett's best defensive team.
0: So if BYU is going to bounce back, they're going to need to beat a team that is solid on offense, tough on defense,
2: and well coached. That's nothing new, according to Tyler Hawes. I mean, the word discipline comes to mind. Randy Bennett teams are very, very disciplined. Uh, they run their stuff to perfection. They they focus on the little details that uh, that are important, you know, like like setting a good screen and proper spacing and, you know, setting your guy up the right way, coming off a ball screen you know, timing your, your back cuts to perfection, you know, just executing on, on offense, they, and they make you work. I mean, they go first option, second, second option, third option, fourth option, and just continue to make you work the entire shot clock. And, uh, and it can wear you down. Um, the teams that I played on, it was always a you know a battle of a pace cuz we wanted to push the pace and play fast and get you know big momentum swings in the open court and they wanted to slow it down and control the game and um it made it 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 made it difficult to find any flow or rhythm um they're very physical uh, ultra physical on the glass and um you know they make the refs call the game a certain way. They're grabbing and holding and pushing and shoving and the refs can't call everything. and it seems like every St. Mary's game I played in was that way. And so I, I mean, I, I would say disciplined um and they're physical, and they have skilled guys that can shoot the ball and and like Gonzaga, they they make you pay for the the mistakes you make.
0: If there is one glimmer of hope, it's that BYU has beaten St. Mary's the last four times these teams have played in Provo. One of the most memorable games in this rivalry was almost 10 years ago in the Marriott Center. Tyler Hawes and Alex Jensen relive the Dell of a Dagger game next on Behind the Mic. Welcome back to Behind the Mic. January 16, 2013. Tyler Hawes' first game against St. Mary's after a two-year mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Early on, it looked like it would be a blowout. Carlino to a streaking Hawes. And one. Tyler and the Cougars were on fire and had an 18-4 lead after his three-point play. But he knew the Gales would make a comeback.
2: I think that early in the game, you, you always expect them to to make a run, you know you know that they're they're not going to give up and and so that early on you're just trying to extend that lead it's like can can we get up 30 to 4 like can we you know um you just knew they were going to respond and and they did and it was like it was my first taste of saint mary's and it was just back and forth back and forth and went down to the wire Del Vadova, I mean he was tough the the entire game super super annoying to play against just really really gritty and um just an annoying defender makes you <laughs> just I don't know grabs and holds and he wore a big mouthpiece that you know I don't know seemed like he was pulling that thing out with slobber all over. it just was like oh my goodness, who is this dude? Uh, and, and I mean, it hits one of the, the biggest shots I've, I've ever seen. Della Vidova, fade away.
0: You hit one of the toughest turnaround jump shots I've seen. There was like 41 seconds left in that game, and you gave BYU the lead. You're about 18 or 19 feet from the basket. You were guarded really well. And that gave BYU a two point lead, as I said, with about forty one seconds left. Were you surprised that you hit it or were were you even surprised that you took that shot?
2: No, I you know, I remember being inside the last minute and just uh we had been through some ups and downs in that year, and i was I was just determined to to figure out a way to to help us win that game. And uh, I was confident that. If I could get to that that one dribble pull up and create a little bit of space, uh, you know, the way that they were defending me, um, I knew I could I I could get into their body and, and raise up over him. And it was a, a contested shot. But, you know, that was that was my comfort zone right right along the baseline or the elbow that that pull up jumper, you know, going to going to my right was was my my comfort zone and so as soon as they left my hand i i, I felt like it was going in Over and you know and then they of course came down and responded i think they they tied it up and um, and then i was able to hit another shot and then they obviously it was just back and forth no one was no one could get a stop, it seemed like, in the last couple of minutes, which made for an exciting game. But it's,
0: it's it's interesting, Tyler. You mentioned you hit a shot to put BYU back up, and you just mentioned going to your right you felt comfortable, but to hit what you thought, or what I think a lot of us thought was going to be the game-winning shot, you were going to your yeah. left in the middle of the key, weren't
2: you? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, St. Mary's especially, they, they're the team that's, scouts you they know exactly where where you're wanting to go i mean St. Mary's and Gonzaga they always they always scouted us so well knew our sets knew knew exactly where i wanted to get to and so i had just turned and gone to my right and so i knew if i could turn and and give him a quick jab that i may be able to get to the middle of the floor and get to that elbow area and and make something happen and And so, yeah, I was able to get my guy going and found a way into the lane and hit it off my, my right foot, kind of a leaning one footed runner in the lane. And I mean, obviously it was like, I tell people it was like one of the highest highs and the lowest lows in the matter of like, in the matter of 10 seconds, like I was so pumped that I, that I had hit the shot and. And then to see what happened on the other end, it was just, like, was devastating.
1: Carlino, a bounce to Haas. Haas posting up short corner right to the middle. Fades away. Got yes! it! The foul. Gotta go go. watch the three. Into Delamadova. Delamadova,
2: long three. Go! Oh he got it, and the Gales win it. There was only a couple of seconds left, and he somehow was able to get all the way up the court and throw something up. And yeah, And it, it was one of those shots where it feels like the ball was in the air, like 10 seconds. And you're like, you're sitting there and as soon as it leaves his his hand, you're like, that is going in. Yep. That is going in. And just tough. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my, my buddies and family, you know, talking after the game, they, I remember them saying, we didn't even see that Delvadova shot go in. We were still celebrating your shot. And I mean, it just goes to show you, though, that um, it's it's never over until it's over. And uh, as long as there's time left on the clock, you still have an opportunity
1: to, to win a game. St.
0: Mary's play-by-play announcer Alex Jensen was at the Marriott Center for the first time when Vadova hit that shot.
1: Well, it first of all, it was my first uh, exposure to an incredible atmosphere. Uh, that you guys have up there at the Marriott Center I mean I mean it's got to be one of the top 10 top 15 home courts in college basketball just the passion of the BYU fan base and um, you know how knowledgeable of the game that everybody in that building is how much they love their Cougars I mean that's what stands out for me number one but uh, it was a great game and I remember having a back and forth with Tyler Hawes about this on BYU Sports Nation a couple years ago I think it was during the COVID year actually and uh, because he hit at what Everyone in the building thought at the time was the game-winning shot uh, over Stephen Holt in the middle of the lane. And then, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I don't need to tell you, everyone knows what happened next. But uh, I was right on line. Matthew Delavadova took off right in front of me pretty much, about two steps beyond the mid-court line. And I'll never forget, after the shot went down, you know, Matthew Delavadova is clapping for the inbounds pass. You know, he's not wasting any time. He's getting going on to the next play. And he let that thing fly and about you know midway through the arc, I, I was thinking that's got a chance, and it dropped straight through, man. I mean, no rim, no nothing. He didn't need much help at all. I remember as it was in the air, he kind of gave a little bunny, how a little body language to kind of get it over the front rim, right? And I have never heard, and this is going to sting for BYU fans, so I I, <laughs> I apologize in advance, but I've never heard a group of that many people go from euphoria to just what just happened like that. Um, you know, I've been in the, in the kennel when the Gales have beaten Gonzaga, uh, but there's never been a moment like that, where it was, you know, that improbable of a play uh, to send the road team onto victory. It was, but again, I mean, you know, that, that was a great shot and and that, and the Gales probably that, that year, by the way, don't get into the tournament. They were in the in the first four that year. They probably don't get into the tournament without Matthew Delvedova making that shot. Um so, yeah, that was a great game. There have been several incredible games between the Gales and the Cougars, um, you know, in Provo and Moraga and Vegas. Uh, but, yeah, that moment is certainly one that sticks out. And honestly, you know, I mean, that, that's the moment right there that really cemented this as a legitimate rivalry uh, between BYU and St. Mary's. You know, there's a lot of vitriol, <laughs> you know, when the game starts coming from both fan bases. And it's great. I mean, that's what makes sports great you know and i think it all started with that moment and it was just it was an incredible game and it was capped by an incredible moment
0: here is tyler again on the lessons
2: learned from that game you know i've i i've had a number of chats with coach pope and and some other people and um you know coach pope was on 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 the staff he was an assistant coach And you know, it's a learning moment for everyone because I've seen Coach Pope since then, since that game, um, in big moments where there's less than less than 10 seconds. And when you go up, you hit a shot, you can call a timeout. And I remember him saying we should have called timeout to get our defense set and get everyone in the right frame of mind. And we chose to just let it play out and um there's just there's little lessons in there for everyone so since then I've seen I've seen some moments where coach Pope has called timeout with you know under 10 seconds to get their defense settled when it when a big shot is made so you know it's just a game it's a game it's a game and you have to live and learn and uh and fight to the very end
0: Tyler and his teammates had to wait until the following season to get vengeance.
2: Yeah, it it was awesome. I mean, my my sophomore year when we lost at St. Mary's though, it, it was a grind until the very, very end. I think we lost by three or four. We had a we had a chance um to go up and I got called for an offensive foul away from the ball. Like one of the most unbelievable calls. I still remember it. And anytime I see that ref, I, I, I think back to that play, um, calling an offensive foul away from the ball under 30 seconds. But anyways, I, my junior year, it, yeah, it was so sweet to, to beat those guys. And, uh, one of my favorite memories is, um, yeah, playing at St. Mary's and, and just running away with that game. And you know, we were down. We were down a little bit. And I think we were down double figures. We were down 10 plus points and found a way to climb back in the game and, and we end up winning. And um, just really, really fun. Uh, and being with the guys after that, that game, uh, just really, really fun. Good memories.
0: Tyler and Alex say they will miss the rivalry between these two teams.
2: I, I will, yes, for sure. Uh, it's always a good game, um, and it, and it has turned into a, a good rivalry. You know, hopefully, they can schedule some games here the next few years. Uh, I think that would that game would be watched for sure. Uh, but you know, like like any rivalry like uh you know the BYU Utah rivalry it it brings it brings the best out of you and brings the most emotion out of you and you care about winning those games and so you prepare your very best to be ready for those and hurts when you lose and it it's yeah you know, so sweet uh when when you find a way to to win those games and so yeah yeah, it's been it's been fun the last uh, ten years or so seeing how that that rivalry's developed and uh, and same thing with Gonzaga. Uh, I think hopefully they they can find a way to continue to play each other uh, over the next ten years.
1: All nine other schools are going to miss having BYU in the conference. Uh, you know, I think it's been a, it's been a good marriage for everybody, really, for the West Coast Conference. I think it was good for BYU at the time. And I think everybody knew that there was a time that BYU would kind of outgrow the WCC when another opportunity would would come. And, you know, that's understood because, you know, you've got a really good football program up there in Provo. Um, but I think it's benefited everybody. And, you know, I think it's helped raise, you know, and just speaking from St. Mary's perspective, it has helped raise the profile of a program like St. Mary's because you have, you know, back in the early 2010s when BYU came to the conference, it was really Gonzaga and then St. Mary's and then a bunch of also Rams. Well, what's happened since BYU is, has entered the league? USF's gone to a tournament. Santa Clara has raised its profile. LMU's gotten better. Um, you know, San Diego's gone to an NIT. So there's no doubt that BYU has something to do with that just because of the cachet of, and the type of program, the national attention that BYU uh, brings in. So, uh, I think, you know, obviously, I think the WCC, with the ascension of Gonzaga, would have risen its profile anyway, but not nearly to the level that it has over the last five, six years if BYU were not a part of it.
0: Do, do you ever see St. Mary's and BYU ever getting together again, whether that's at the Marriott Center or whether whether that's in Moraga or maybe even just a, a neutral court?
1: I hope so. I mean, I think it's been, those. you know, especially... When you, when you have those types of games on campus in the non-conference, I just think that those types of games are good for college basketball. And I, I understand, uh, you know, why we, we've gone the neutral side direction. That's probably more plausible in the near future. But I, I, yeah, I would love to see. I think both programs, if everything works out and of course they're, you know, both programs are keeping the big picture in mind with, you know, BYU going to the Big 12. I think there's less incentive. Uh, for BYU to play the St. Mary's of the world. Oh, well, those St. Mary's, I mean, you know, right now with the number six net rating, and I'm not sure it's going to stay there. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that would be a pretty good home or away game for anybody. So I, I hope that the Gales profile has risen to that level where teams from the Power Five schools want to play those games on campus. But yeah, I would love to see it continue. Um, you know, I mean, again, I think it's just it's it's been a, there's been a great rivalry that's been cultivated between these two programs. It's I'm, I'm really sad to see BYU go again. I knew it was inevitable, um, you know, at, at some point down the road. And I'm thrilled for all my friends at BYU that, uh, you know, all you guys are, are uh, going to get a chance to play in the best league in college basketball and, and that your football program is going to have a, a conference home. But yeah, I would love to see this rivalry continue and especially on campus. And if it's not on campus and it has to be a neutral, that's fine. But um, yeah, I think Randy Bennett has, has, uh, has said as much, you know, that, that he would love to play BYU and especially with BYU going to the big 12, it's a game that would help both teams resumes, I think, because um, right now, you know, St. Mary's has, has kind of kept this program going, knock on wood at a pretty high level. And of course, as I mentioned, BYU will be playing the best league in college basketball. So Yeah, I I don't think there's any doubt. I would love to see this series continue, and I hope the, the feeling is the same with both programs.
0: Let's just hope the last game at the Marriott Center as conference foes will be just as good as that game 10 years ago. Thanks to Alex Jensen and Tyler Haas for joining Behind the Mic, and a big thanks to ESPN for some of our highlights. Download and subscribe to Behind the Mic wherever you find podcasts, or listen to all episodes on the BYU Radio app. Behind the Mic is a production of BYU Radio,